This right. is an eight iron, and it's a dead shank. Wow. Way right. Oh, Takes a hop shank. off the path. You gotta be kidding me. Very tough pitch shot right here. You gotta hit it into the hill. One hop up and bite, and it's in. Kind of like that. Well, I would like to welcome the winner of 29 professional events all around the world, including 13 PGA Tour events, Open Championship, Ryder Cups, President's Cups. Uh, this player has done it all. The great Mark Kalkovecchia. Kalk, thanks for taking the time today to, to come back on the podcast. Yeah, Jason, my pleasure. Always good talking with you. Well, before we dive into the Masters, I uh, figured we'll look like, uh, or let's see what it looks like for you this season, schedule-wise. How's the back holding up? How's the health holding up? And uh, are you looking at a full schedule, or is it going to be a little limited for you this year on the Champions Tour? Yeah, it's. it's I'm going to kind of start paring back a little bit. Uh, I'm going to. Uh, I actually feel pretty good uh, physically. Uh, I'm just not, you know, being old, almost 62, and and have had the. The back fusion last year, I'm just, uh, I'm not hitting it very far. And, you know, that's, that's bottom line. I'm sure it's just a combination of, uh, you know, playing golf for my entire life and, uh, and, and old age and all the above. But, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to play a decent amount up until, uh, the British Open, which is my last open, uh, at St. Andrews. And then I'm going to play the senior British Open at Glen Eagles. Uh, and then after that, uh, I'm, I'm probably only going to play maybe three tournaments the entire rest of the year and then uh, kind of pick and choose uh, next year kind of where I play. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm slowing down a little bit. The Open Championship, I, I was listening to another podcast you did with Willie Wilcox, and they how cool is that that they granted you at the home of golf, right, your final right. exemption? Like, you got to be pumped up for that experience. And can you compete on that golf course with some precision because it's not overly long, you know, for a major championship track per se. Yeah, if it, it's not, you're right. There's a couple holes that are super long, but you know, the par threes aren't long, and well, there's only two of them. But uh, you know, if it's nice and dry, and I can get some roll, uh, there's no reason that I can't can't play well there. And uh, I mean, you know, making the cut is obviously my goal. Uh, I'm not I'm not going to threaten anybody with a top ten or anything, but uh, uh, you never know unless I start making every putt I look at. But uh, at any rate, it, very cool to play my last open there. And uh, uh, my kids are looking forward to it. My daughter just texted me yesterday and said she made her plane reservations. So, uh, yeah, my kids are coming and son-in-law and Brenda, of course. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a great time. The, the the fans are something special there, right? They have such appreciation for their Open champions. And it's it's just got to be – I mean, every time you go back, right, it's special. It is, and I'd be telling you this even if I had never won the Open. It's it uh, it always has been, and always will be my favorite uh, favorite tournament to play in, uh, just because of the fans. Uh, really, the, the whole atmosphere of the event is just so cool, and uh, the fans are just fantastic over there. And uh, and they, you know, they all remember I won the Open way back when, and uh, still give me a nice applause. Uh, Things like that, so it's uh, it's pretty cool. And there's a champions dinner. Is that is that only at St Andrews? So it's like every five years that all the open exactly. champions. What's that experience like? Yeah, that's. I mean, it's just like the uh, 
every year at, at Augusta, obviously the the past champions dinner. So, yeah, every five years at uh, uh, St Andrews, it's uh, it's pretty amazing. Uh, now my only issue is if I can squeeze into my suit or one of my suits. So I was just thinking about trying that on this week. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, if I, I'm a few pounds to be safe, but, uh, yeah, it's fun. Everybody gets dressed up and, uh, you're up there at the, the, you know, top of the clubhouse overlooking the first tee and the secretary's office up there sipping on wine or champagne or whatever. And, uh, just talking to everybody and, uh, it, it's, it's cool. Have you played the golf course at Glen Eagles for the, for the senior British open? And if so, is it a course that suits your game? Because I can't, you know. If you could get one more in the Champions Tour, right? To have to have the right. little brother to the big brother would be one hell of an accomplishment. Yeah, that would be cool. Uh, I have played it. I played a Scottish Open there. Uh, I think Michael Allen won that year, if I recall, and it, it, it might have even have been the, the week before Trent. Uh, I can't really remember, but I have played it. We're playing the King's Course. Uh, I don't remember too too much about it, but I re- uh, remembered I really liked it. I thought it was a pretty cool course, and uh, yeah, so looking forward to that. Yeah, absolutely right. That would be uh, if you could if you could get that one with. I always think that you know I think it opens the most special championship. My, you know, people argue if Masters are open, I would take it open, but to have both on the shelf, that'd be pretty damn cool. So yeah, I would. Uh, all right, you have been in this position. What is Scotty Scheffler feeling this morning after you wake up with one of the greatest championships in golf? Uh, what What is that feeling like? Well, he's you know he's he's obviously an amazing player. He's only twenty five years old and he's won four times in the last or something. Uh, just a unbelievably great stretch of golf, and to get the number one in the world and then you know win your next tournament after you get the number one is just uh, amazing. And and have it be the Masters is. Uh, you know, he's uh, he's feeling really good. He's he's feeling like he's on top of the world, and uh, uh, you know his confidence level's got to be through the roof. Uh, which, uh, you know, I remember those days. You know, you go to the golf course and everything's great. You're, you're excited to play. You're confident. You know, it's just a question of how many under you're going to shoot. Uh, one of those deals. You know, it's not. It's uh, you know, the old saying: when you're playing great, you never think you're going to play bad again, and when you're playing bad, you you never think you're going to play great again. So he's definitely in the play great mode right now. That's for sure. Is it, how, how long did it take for you to kick, you know, for it to kick in of what you just accomplished? You know, like, what, is it, is it quick? Is it take some time away from the game a little bit to go, my God, you know, that Claret jug is mine. Like wh- how long will it take in your opinion, probably for him to just recognize the magnitude of it? Uh, probably this week at some point, you know, I'm sure today he's tired and, excited but tired I'm, I'm obviously it probably was a long night for him uh but again a long good night after all the press and and, and things like that so uh <clears throat> yeah this week he'll 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 just look at that trophy <clears throat> excuse me i don't know if he's playing in hilton head or not this week but uh if he's not he's going to have a good time looking at that trophy and uh, watching the highlights and and realizing you know what he accomplished uh and it's uh, after I won the, the the open, it was kind of a whirlwind because uh, uh, my first wife was due with uh, our daughter uh, the Sunday of the open. So I, you know, got straight back to Arizona as fast as I could on Monday, and uh, was just kind of sitting around waiting for the birth of uh, birth of Brittany. So that was a, a, a obviously a great and exciting time for me as well. 
I was going to ask you from like a ball striking standpoint, because you guys kind of played naturally, you know, the, the same ball flight of that hard fade. And, you know, watching him yesterday was a little shaky from having a few double crosses, right, where all of a sudden it's left of left. <laughs> right. And as a player, like you're playing well, you're confident, but all of a sudden, boom, out of nowhere, that happens. And then your short game saves you. Boom, it happens again. How do you clear the mind of, okay, let's get back to the golf shots I hit, and then is it stressful when your short game is that good and you're making it, or is there a comfort zone in that going, okay, even if I miss a green, I'm chipping and putting so well, I'm just going to grind through this and I'm going to find my rhythm again. Exactly. Uh, as soon as he hit that first good power fade, I think it was off of 5T, because his first four holes he was dead left, as you said, the double crosses, and uh, of course that amazing chip in on three, and you know, he somehow got through the first four holes, one under par, or two under par, actually. Uh, so, you know, and not hitting it like he wanted to. But then uh, I think he was probably obviously just a little bit amped up and uh, just had to calm himself down a little bit. And then as soon as he hit uh, those two really good shots on five, after that, I think he was, uh, you know, fine. I, I, You know, obviously, I think he was just swinging a little bit too quick, especially from the top, and, and that'll, that'll get you that double cross every time. Yeah, body kind of stops and the arms get quick and all right. of a sudden, yeah, yeah. Um, but he did a good job, as you know, of, like, grinding through. I mean, he just he's got fortitude. That kid can just, you know, I like everything that he's doing because, to, you know, to calm himself down, to make those pars, to make those putts, and then all of a sudden slot it again. You know, it's right. that could have easily gone the other way quick, and he just seems to have this... I kind of looks to me. It looks like he has an old man's demeanor of quality golf in a twenty-five-year-old, six-foot-four body. It's a exactly. good combo. He's got a inner calmness that's amazing. He just never at any stage did it look like he was panicking. You know, like he he could have. Uh, you get in a situation like that, and uh, things start going. You know, the ball's going not going where you want it to go, and and uh, it's very easy to go into a state of panic. But uh, he never did. Uh, and I, I haven't seen him do it ever. Uh, he just has that calmness about him that, uh, you know, that works great for uh, for being a great golfer. What did you do in that situation? Would you go back to what you and Peter Costas worked on and just calm yourself down and go, okay, you know, I'm playing great, I can do this? I mean, how did did you have a trick that, or you may even still do it today, that you can, if you get in contention of what you have to do to keep it like it's been for the first three rounds? How did you navigate that? <laughs> Right. Uh, usually I, I throw a little mini tamper uh, or temper tantrum. Uh, and then sometimes that calm myself down and, uh, but you just got to go back to, to what's been working and just say, okay, you're going to hit bad shots. Forget it. Uh, you know, just concentrate on what you've been doing and just, uh, you know, keep doing it. And, uh, that always kind of seemed to work for me where I would just, uh, you know, re kind of refocus on uh, what's, what's been working. Yeah, just sort of get the anger out of the system. It's done and over with. Reset right. button. Let's hit the power fade. Next, good swing on the next shot. I can do this sort of scenario is where you could get yourself sort of back in that rhythm. I'm assuming something like that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Cam Smith, I thought it was interesting. You know, he came out and played aggressive, which he kind of had to do because you know Scheffler probably wasn't going to go backwards. And right. you know he starts off quick, then a couple bogeys, and then the disaster on 12. But what I have to give him credit for is. And this is another, you know, tour player question of, oh, uh, you know, you just make a triple. It's probably over. And how do you then, you know, 
get over that and start playing quality golf, which he did again. Like, he finished pretty strong. He had a rough couple holes, and I understand it because you're kind of like, my God, this thing's over. But right. for him to gut it out, you know, and make those last, I think he made two birdies in the last four or five holes, uh, he's a world-class player. And, and is that a tough thing to come back from once you have that kind of one bad swing can cost you a tournament and that happened with him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at, at that point, uh, after 12, you know, obviously he knew he, knew he wasn't going to win. So but that, that's a very difficult thing to do that you just said is to, is to refocus and, and still finish strong. And, you know, I know a tie for third wasn't what he was looking for, but uh, you know, there's still world ranking points and, and money and, you know, there's a lot of things to play for. And, and you know, you're in the last group uh, of the Masters on Sunday. So certainly, no matter what happens, you're going to give it all you got. Uh, uh, because, you know, you don't want people out there just seeing him moping down the fairway and kind of throwing in the towel. So uh, I don't I don't think any player would do that in that position. But, uh, yeah, he's, uh, you know, another great young player, obviously. And uh, he's going to win a lot of tournaments. Yeah, he just does that putting stroke, right? I mean, he does everything well oh, as long perfect. enough, but it's just, yeah. right? I mean, my, it's perfect. Like, in my head, if I could accelerate a putter and hold it like that, it's just, you know, no practice strokes. It's just this, you know, effortless looking. It looks so simple, but it's just pure, right? It's just. It, it does look simple. Uh, you know, some putting's not simple, but he, he makes it look simple. It's just, uh, it is probably the purest stroke out there, you know, other than Tiger. Uh, who always had the purest looking stroke, but, uh, yeah, Cameron can, he's just an amazing putter. And, you know, you can go out and win the players championship. You can win a major championship, right? I mean, there's, there's, that's the, well, yeah, that's interesting. You played in all of them. Is it, does the players like to, to get through that hurdle? Does that, would you say that's, I know it's not a major, but it's as damn close as you can get. Is that still right? that pressure feel like major championship pressure when you're, you know, just, <sighs> players versus a major or is there still a little bit of a difference I, I i think it's the fifth major i really do it, it should just go ahead and be called that uh I, i'd say the pressure there especially because you got 17 and 18 to stare down you know to get to get through that and get the win so i, I think the pressure there is, is exactly the same as it is a major so yeah i mean i, I don't think cameron smith was any more nervous yesterday than he was the last round at the players uh, it, it's it's pretty much the same feeling, or at least it always was to me. Yeah, getting it over the hurdle, he's going to be back. And like I said, he showed me a lot right. on that those last four or five holes of. Yeah, he, that's why he's a champion. He's 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 not going anywhere anytime soon. Not with that golf game. No. Um, Rory McIlroy. All right, so here here's uh, that round was just brilliant, and I don't know if you noticed this, but it looked so free. He just looked like. 2011 Rory where just see target no mechanics from short game to putting to all of it and sometimes to me he looks like it's a little mechanical on Thursday when he's so talented when he's on like did you see that and then how do you get him to sort of like play with that I always call it like a 14 year old's freedom where you just let it go yeah that's that's a good question uh I, I did notice that and uh, you know what I think he got up Sunday morning and realized that he was going to have to shoot something really low and hope uh, hope for a miracle. But it was a beautiful day. There wasn't much wind. You know, I, I get the feeling he just really felt like playing golf yesterday. And sometimes you you come out to the golf course and it's cold and windy and you know you're you're kind of stressed out about the conditions sometimes. And 
you know, you know it's going to be a battle, but I, I think yesterday he just got up and looked outside and said, wow, what a beautiful day to go play Augusta National and just went out and had a blast. And, you know, it's, that's the whole key. If you could get yourself to feel like that every single round, uh, especially him, I think he'd be, uh, be winning even more than he does now. Yeah, like I noticed his putting stroke even looked free. Just looked, It just looked free where he looks like he's just playing golf. God, he's such – I don't know if there's anybody any better when he's fully on all eight cylinders than Rory McIlroy of just how good he drives it. He's probably the best driver of the ball in the world in, in terms of distance and accuracy. Uh, and, you know, sometimes he gets roughed up about his wedge game. Like he doesn't hit a lot of very good wedges or nine irons, but he's, he's still awful good. Uh, you know, you can't get up there and hit it inside 10 feet every time you got a wedge in your hand. So I think he gets a little bit of, a little bit too much grief for that. But yeah, he, uh, man, with his, uh, his ability and talent and the way he can hit the golf ball, it's, uh, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, he just, once again, talking about Cam Smith's putting stroke looking effortless. It's his whole game looks effortless when he's on, you know, when not, when it's, when it's all synced up. And it was fun to watch yesterday. What a, what a round on a tough golf course. I mean, um, right. Yeah. Yeah. To make it look that easy. And ask you this too. It's, it, I don't know how they seem to do it every year, but it seems like Augusta National always seems to never screw shit up where it's like they get the right amount of birdies versus bogeys without goofy pin positions. They always seem to find that right balance between like a U.S. Open and a PGA Championship. And it's just, it's such a great tournament from that standpoint. Is Do you think it's, is it the layout of the golf course that allows this ability for them to make it kind of hard on Saturday for a great round to shoot up? Then, all right, we're going to give you some, there's a, there's a 64 or 65 out there yesterday if you can do it. But they right. don't make it where it's goofy, for lack of a better word. Like, what do you think it is about Augusta that allows them to kind of control the setup to get this great narrative every year? Uh, yeah, that, that's a, also a good question. Uh, <clears throat> I think what what helped this year with the with the windy conditions and uh, the, the cold conditions on Friday and Saturday was the fact they had so much rain. So you know the greens were still rel- you know relatively soft. Uh, and with brutal conditions, if you get rock hard greens, uh, it, it's going to be a disaster. Uh, like that, what happened at Shinnecock Hills yeah. in the U.S. Open that one year? They lost yeah. the greens. Uh, you know, there's there's always going to be enough moisture in the greens all week that that they weren't going to get out of control. So that that kind of helped. But year year out, year in and year out, they do they do an amazing job there of of if you play well and hit good shots, you're going to make a bunch of birdies. I mean, there's you know there's five or six super hard holes, but there's about another ten holes in that course that, that you know you honestly. If you know if you hit a good shot, you got a good chance of making birdie, and I, I think that really helps with everybody's uh, uh, mental, uh, you know, in their mind if they know that you know it's a tough day and it's windy and it's cold, but there's still par fives you can birdie and reach, and and you know a couple real short par fours and uh, some pins that you know you can use the slopes to get near the pins. So I think all that combo together really makes uh, Augusta you know, great every year. Yeah. They just never seem to have it where it's just boring or it's not, it's not unexciting, right? Like even though, you know, Scheffler was probably going to win after 12, but then, you know, Rory comes storming in, right? Like it's just always, I don't know. They always seem to just do such a wonderful job of, of, of capturing. Like when I texted you yesterday, like the, the back nine is going to be exciting. 
right? And there was a low yeah. round out there. It's just, it's, um, yeah, it's from that standpoint, from from being a, a fan, it's it's pretty special to watch each year. Um, going to ask you about Tiger too, your buddy there. Uh, you know, thoughts on that, and then also thoughts on trying to do what Mister Hogan did, where you can you it, can well, I don't can you do playing five, six, seven times a year and be competitive, or do? more than likely is that so hard without getting that tournament rhythm or is there or is that a cliche that's that's not true for you guys like you have to go play there's golf and then there's tournament golf like how do you see this potentially unfolding for him well i think first of all it was an amazing effort uh to make the cut and and walk all 72 holes there including i guess three days of nine hole practice rounds so uh that is probably the hardest walking golf course uh that the guys play for sure. I mean, there's side hills, there's downhills, uphills, you name it. Uh, and it had to be miserable on his foot, his ankle. <clears throat> but as far as Tiger, you know, I don't think he needs to to play a golf tournament. And well, he hadn't played in a year and a half basically. Uh, and he can still feel like he can go and compete and win. I, I don't think he needs to play two or three in a row to get ready to win the British open or anything. You know, if he doesn't, if he doesn't play until July, uh, I hope he does. But if he doesn't, uh, you know, his foot's going to be that much better. St. Andrews is dead flat, uh, other than the little humps and bumps. But uh, you know, he's going to be even even in better shape there, and and probably one of the uh, favorites to win the golf tournament. So, you know, some guys feel like they need to play their way into majors to uh, you know, get the competitive spirit flowing or whatever. Uh, I think Tiger just has that has that built in. Uh, when he gets to a, a major, he's he's ready to go. How, how did you do it? Did you build yourself into it, or did you take some time off practice and then freshen up and try to get ready? I, I did a little both. Sometimes, depending on the schedule, uh, you know, I'd play the week before. Uh, I played in a few Scottish Opens before the uh, before the Open uh, a, a few years there, which was kind of nice to be over there and get used to the time and everything else. Uh, and other others, I just I didn't touch a club for two weeks before uh four or five days before i i, I went over to playing it you know i just had practiced some before i left home and uh, when i got over there i was really excited and and didn't ready to play so uh I, I i didn't really have a set routine uh as far as how i prepared for majors but uh some guys definitely do was it tough when you were in your absolute prime to play in an event the week before and not have your mind go to that major? Meaning, like, would would you try to hit different golf shots than you would have if it was just a normal event, knowing that you're working on stuff for that next week? Right? Was it was it tough? Yeah, to, yeah, just sort of focus on. Okay, we're in this event, but my mind is really on, you know, X. Right. Brenda reminds me of that all the time. Uh, you know, if I'm not hitting it too well. And I'm playing the next week, no matter where it is. Uh, you know, she's just say, we'll work on shots for next week. You know, just keep, keep, see, see if you can find something for next week. Uh, you know, so that does kind of help you to, uh, to keep your concentration. And, and if you think, you know, if you're going to the open next week and it's going to be windy, then, uh, you know, you might want to try to hit a couple of really low drives, you know, or a couple, uh, punch, you know, draw iron shots or something, and uh, it just 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 to see if you got that shot before you go. So, uh, yeah, that is true. Did, did you have to for Augusta back in the day? I mean, the golf ball curved more, but would you would you 
work on some draws to get – I mean, because it's not your natural ball flight to work around corners, or would you just take three wood on most of those holes and let it go and turn it that way versus hit and driver? Yeah. Uh, ten, I always put three wood uh, because, like I said, I, I, it was difficult for me to, to draw my driver. And I could hit it hard enough and, and draw it so it would land on the downslope and roll all the way down there anyway. Uh, same with 13. My drive would go straight in those trees, uh, and I, you know, I could not curve it around that hole either with the driver, so I had to hit a three wood. Uh, all the rest of them, though, uh, I hit drivers, and, uh, uh, you know, it worked out good for me. Yeah, which would have been, you know, it would have been a good golf course for you as many birdies as you made around, like you were referring to earlier, right? As a golf course, you could play your aggressive style of golf, especially as great of an iron player as you were, and, you know, to go after some pins, right? That, that golf course, besides a couple of the holes we had at three wood, had to set up fantastic for you yeah it did and and that's why when i wasn't that bummed out when sandy lyle hit that amazing shot in 88 and i lost by a shot uh you know i was a little bummed out but you know i just told everybody in the media said hey you know you had a great shot to win you got to give him credit and i'll be back you know i was only 28 at the time i said i'll I'll play in this tournament another 15 or 20 times i'll get a green jacket you know so i was i wasn't worried about it right but uh yeah it it I also kind of said about that place, it was it was my favorite place to get to and my favorite place to leave. Uh, you're always so excited to get to Augusta, and then by the end of the week, you're ready to pull your hair out. Uh, you, you know, this was before they changed the course and lengthened it, uh, so it was even more up my alley then than it, than it would be today. But, yeah, I always felt like I should have shot a better score than I did. Uh, and that was just the, the, the difficulty of the, the wind swirling around and the greens and you know, you might end up in a place where you just have absolutely no chance to get up and down for par, or even two putt for that matter. So, uh, but little love hate relationships. Exciting. Yeah, exactly. It was kind of like going to Las Vegas. A, yeah, I also had a uh, my game plan. There was simple. It was one of two things. Uh, my goal was always to get to the eighth tee at even par or better. If I could be under par, it was a total bonus. Or even 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 par on eight, I was happy because you had three more par fives. Uh, you know, I mean, you had some holes you could birdie, and I always felt like I was going to shoot a good score if I could get to eight t even par. So that was kind of kind of my thinking when I played there. Yeah, it makes sense. And go aggressive on the back nine. There's there's birdies to be had. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one final one here for you, which I think is an interesting change from you know from when your generation kind of played it seems like there's like a generational shift now where these guys hit their prime in their early to mid 20s you know like I said Sheffield right. 25 Morikawa Hovland I mean to name, Wolf name all of them right your generation yeah. kind of seemed like you got on tour then you learned how to play then you hit your prime at 30 or 31 or wouldn't Curtis win both of his majors in a row what 34 35 Right. Uh, what do you think has changed for that generation for it to be five, six years earlier than when you guys, you know, generically speaking, kind of hit your primes? Yeah, it just all of a sudden happened. And you're right about that. Uh, you know, I was on my on the tour in my early 20s and, uh, you know, it took me five or six years to kind of figure it out uh, and and didn't hit my prime until my, you know, 28, 29, 30 years old. So. I think today the kids, just the way they're brought up, uh, a lot of them have teachers, you know, when in their in their junior golf days. Uh, I, I just think they're so advanced in in playing golf and, and 
playing the game and hitting different kinds of shots, when they do get on tour and they get right out there, uh, it's like they've they've got no time to spare. You know, they got to they got to do it right now. You know, this is my chance. I'm, I don't care if I'm 21 years old. I'm going to go out and win this tournament. So I just think it's a whole different uh, mentality. And and once you know one of the young guys does it, then the then you know all the rest of them believe they can too. So it's kind of like a chain reaction, I think. And you know, this Joaquin Neiman's another one oh, that's yeah, just gosh. unbelievable uh, how good he is. So, but yeah, there's a whole bunch of them, and I, I I just think they're just ready to win as soon as they get out there. Yeah, like your generation was sort of like keep your card, right? Uh, learn from right. the other pros. You know, if you keep your card, it's success. And now it's like these guys are like, I'm ready to win. You know, let's do this. Right. And right. I, I think we spend more time watching, you know, and, and trying to learn. Uh, from the greats of the game, you know, in the, in the early '80s, middle '80s, than uh, than paying attention to our own games. You know, it was like, oh God, there's Jack Nicklaus. I got, I, I mean, one tournament, I actually went out, I got done, I went out and watched uh, Tom Kite play the last five holes. I just, I just wanted to see what he was doing that I wasn't doing. Right. You know, why he was going to win and why I w- was struggling to make cuts. So, yeah, it was more of a watch and learn as opposed to nowadays the, the, the kids are like, yeah, watch me. And, uh, and they just let it rip. And plus they can all equipment's fantastic. Obviously they can all hit it 350 yards. Uh, it, it's, it's a whole different ball game. The other interesting thing on, on a sidebar that also said you, you, you hit your, I mean, you played great in your forties too, Calc. I mean, you had a 20 year stretch of some top quality golf. Do, do you think as hard right. as these guys are swinging and playing like, do you think those careers are not going to be? I mean, you were great for twenty years out there, legitimately, right? With chances to win majors over twenty years that uh, you play at that high yeah. level. Do you think they're just, it's going to be more like a regular professional sport where they might play it twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen years, and they're just it's such a power game that it's just going to be shot at that point. By the time they do hit forty four, forty five, forty two, they're just I'm done. Yeah. For sure. It's definitely going to happen to some of them. I mean, DeChambeau's already having trouble with his hip and his, and his hand and his wrist. Yeah. Uh, you know, you go at it that hard, something's got to give. Uh, you know, I was just speaking of that Joaquin Neiman. If you've ever kind of noticed his swing in slow motion, I mean, if he ever has a right rib intercostal problem, he's going to be done. Uh, as much as he, you know, bends his right rib cage and, yeah. and to the back on his follow through as well. Uh, but you know now he's like a rubber band. You know I'm sure he's going to be fine for a while. But yeah, as hard as hard as these young guys go at it now, something's got to give uh, later on in their careers for sure. But the argument would be what if you can play at that level for ten or twelve years, you're going to be set for life anyway. So do you go right. you, you go at as hard as you can for that period to the body says I'm done, and then that's okay. You're, that's kind of like how every other pro sport is. I yeah I don't think there's going to be as many guys with careers like. You had Mr. Kite had right, Mr. Crunch, where, where they're out there for relevant for twenty twenty five years. You know, I think it's going to be harder. Right. And, and I think no, you're it'll, gonna... it'll definitely be harder. And you're right. You know, once once something gives on their body, and they've they've already made ninety million dollars or whatever, and and uh, you know, they might just say, "Oh, that's 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 it. That's good enough for me." And you know, play once a week at home and go at it about half speed, and that you know, call it a career. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how long they're going to last. 
It'll be interesting. I hope I'm around when they when they get into their 40s to see what happens. <laughs> well, I'm curious what's going to happen with the Champions Tour, right? Are you going to have to lower that age yeah. eventually to 45 or something? Because you're going to have 45-year-old guys looking like they're 55 at that point. They're not going to be able to compete against the other 22-year-olds if this keeps the trend line keeps happening. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what we talk about. That's, that's in the no, no man's land is when you're about 42 to 50, and you're either hurt, injured, or broken down, or – you know, just not playing well, uh, what do you do for the next eight years, seven years? So I, I, I do think they'll lower it to 45 at some point uh, just because there's that that five years is, uh, you know, a lot of guys uh, won't have anything to do. So I think it'll be uh, for, the, for the senior tour to keep, uh, uh, keep on going. I think they're going to have to do that at some point. And it might make sense for the tour, too, so the guys don't become irrelevant, right? Like, let's say, for example, like right. well, you would know this better than anybody else, but by the time you play the PGA Tour for 20 years, by the time you hit 45, you are injured and hurt, right? You're, I mean, there's no way you're not right. without uh, some ailments going on here at this point. You know, right. So, there's, there's not many 45- to 50-year-olds playing great on the PGA Tour right now, other than Stuart Sank and Lee Westwood, really. Uh and I, I, I won when I was 47, so I still played really good up until I was in my early 50s. Uh, so, but then again, I, I didn't go at it like these guys go at it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I think for the Champions Tour, too, like if you would have had Stuart Appleby out there at 45, right, because he was kind of a big name, then all of a sudden, from a marketing standpoint, he's irrelevant for five years because of injury and the game's, you know, he's not playing a power game. I don't think it'd be the worst thing to see these guys transition from playing really good on the PGA Tour, boom, 45. Like if you had Pat Perez going at 45, right, he'd be great for the Champions Tour. They would, yeah. Right. I, I, I hope they actually think about doing that at some point because I think it helps the marketing of the tour if the from an average fan's recognition that, oh, yeah, I know Pat Perez. And, oh, okay, he's playing in, with, with you guys out there. I'll, I'll watch that. Versus, right. you know, once again, one more injury for Pat, and he might have to wait it out till he's 50. So, right. yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see where these guys go. But, uh, man, there's a lot of talent with these young guys out there, and it's fun to watch. Yeah. Well, thank you for your insights. I always appreciate it. It's always great to get your perspective. I mean, you have seen and done it all. So it's uh, it's always interesting to pick your mind and kind of get an idea of what these guys are going through and what you're seeing out there. So thanks for the time today, Kelk. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, Jason. My pleasure. Anytime, bud.